today. God, you're worthy. We praise and magnify you, Jesus. You are so good.
Hallelujah. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the worship. Let's give him thanks that he's working on us, that he's shaping us into something that, he, that is right, that he's shaping into us what he wants us to be, that we're able to hold the spirit that we're able to be poured out into other people. Come on, let's glorify him. Let's magnify him. For he is a God that is wonderful. He is working on us. He has blessings. There is a purpose behind every action. There is a purpose behind everything that he does. It is to be a more righteous, a more perfect vessel for him. Come on, let's glorify him. Let's magnify him. Jesus, Lord, never stop working on me. Never stop working on my spirit. Never stop working on my soul, my Lord God. That, oh Lord, that you may make me right in your eyes. Lord, that I will be perfect in your eyes. That, oh Lord God, that I will not fall short. No, Lord, be cracked. Lord, be broken. No, Lord, that I'll be made whole. Lord, that I'll be made, oh Lord, in the right image that you have created for me. In Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Feels good here tonight. Amen. Why don't we just take a few moments to greet our neighbors across the aisles in the name of Jesus.
most high. Amen. 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 As Josh is prepared to take up an offering, we're just going to get through this real quick and real. We have a slew of announcements tonight. We have quite a few to get through, so I'll make it as quick and as clear as possible. So there will be early morning prayer daily here at the church, 5.30 a.m. through 9 a.m. Be here, get your mind right, get your spirit right, just a good, good way to start your day. Then you have all church prayer Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come, expecting great things, join us in a time for prayer. God will be here, just come expecting good things. And then Friday night youth, Spokane County Fair, there will be a meeting tonight directly following service. Tickets and band space is limited. So be there. It's first come, first serve. So just get there. Talk to Brother Jake, and he'll be sure to sort you out. And then Christmas program details. Then all church cleaning this will be Saturday, September 21st. If you have any questions, please see Sister Flowers or Sister Natasha, and they'll be sure to get you sorted out with any cleaning. And I believe it starts at 9 a.m., am I right, Sister Flowers? 9 a.m., September 21st, okay. And then Bible quizzing 2020 sign-ups will be Sunday, September 22nd at 3 p.m. Please see Brother or Sister Chavez for the details, and they'll get you filled in. And then CST begins Wednesday, October 2nd at 6.30 p.m. See Brother Earls for the details. Amen. And let's also not forget, 10.30 for prayer, 11 o'clock for service on Sunday. Come expecting great things in Jesus' name. Let's take up the offering. Lord, I love you and I praise you, mighty God. Lord, you are wonderful. You are perfect. Lord, I pray that this offering is going to go for the benefit of the kingdom, Lord, for the benefit of the church and the body. My Lord God, for we, Lord, let us be cheerful givers. Lord, for you have already given in advance. Lord, it's already been done. Lord, let us just give faithfully, Lord, with a good, cheerful heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
of the Holy Ghost is on. Oh, come on. Let's praise him with a mighty praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Very quickly before we get to our text tonight, I want to say uh, happy birthday to my grandson, Miles. He's going to, y'all, happy birthday, dear Miles, happy birthday to you. He's probably like, please let me go sit down, but he's going to help me preach tonight. And uh, from time to time, I may just bring one of your grandchildren up here and let them, let them see how this thing works. Praise God. We do need to pray. Sister Danny, where are you? Or Bethany, Sister Bethany. What is your, what's your grandmother's name? Beverly? We need to pray. Her grandmother almost grabbed me on Sunday. How old is she? 82? She almost grabbed me. She said, I love this church. And, uh, man, if we could have a revival among 82-year-olds, why not? 
Well, she is, she is in Valley Hospital right now, and uh, they're just watching her, making sure she doesn't have any uh, kidney damage. So we need to pray for her right now. Let's lift our faith by the authority of the name of Jesus. God, pray for Beverly. Devil, you're a liar. Anytime a human being tries to make an advancement towards the kingdom, there is resistance. There's pushback by the authority of the name of Jesus. Pray for your power and your hand to be upon her. Strength and healing, we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. We do have several guests here tonight. We're delighted that you're here. And um, just glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. It's good to have brother and sister Marks here, pastoring in Sandpoint, Idaho. And sister Marks is probably with their son Brave somewhere feeding him during church time. But of course, when you're three months old, you can do that. It's good to see brother and sister Martin running the aisles. They, uh, they have moved over to the west side to be closer to family, and uh, it's just so good to see them again. This will always be home if that's okay, guys. In Jesus' name. But uh, they both took a lap tonight. I think brother Mark took two laps, one just for extra measure. It's great to see them. All right. We're going to read a few verses of Scripture, and then you can be seated. We're going to start in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse number 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Do you believe that? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a reality whether we believe it or not. It just is. This is a spiritual calibration of the events of life. Verse number two, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And that's it. I want to talk to us for a few moments tonight. You'll understand a little more about this by and by. And I want to I want to add something. Not that there's anything lacking here at all. But I just want to ride the coattails of this great passage of scripture and I want to talk to us about a time to be blessed and a time to sacrifice. Time to be blessed and a time to sacrifice. Let's pray. Father, we love you. 
no service can afford to be wasted in this day, in this hour. God, I just pray that the attention span of your people can be captured by the Spirit of God, the Word of God. Be with us in a special measure tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I am being perfectly honest when I tell you tonight that I really do not plan on preaching all that long. And I know that you're saying, oh, yeah, we've heard that before. I'll tell you what that does prove. That proves that when I get started, I'm probably not very anointed. But when the anointing gets on me, it's just kind of hard to find that brake pedal. But I do have some incredibly important things to talk about tonight. And rather than achieve any type of response, I really want to give us some things to think about and ponder and consider tonight. Uh, I realize that probably only about half of our church is here, give or take, but that's all right. There's just some things that got to be talked about, and you have to just jump in there, and you just have to start bailing out water. The individual that wrote this, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, was considered to be the wisest man that ever lived. And I do not believe that this list, obviously, is, was intended to be an exhaustive list of all of the human experiences that are, that are possible in life. But rather, what I, I believe the point that is, that is to be made by the Holy Ghost is that there is a time and a season and a purpose. Everybody said purpose. For everything that happens under the heaven. I do not believe tonight that you can singularly isolate either a happenstance of nothing or a, ha a happenstance of great, a great event and that you can say that one really outweighs the other from eternity's point of view. I really believe that the Bible bears out that every occurrence in life, every action, every circumstance, everything that happens in life happens, and I believe it means something. Oftentimes, for many years, uh, when I was living for God earlier in my Christian experience, I would ask, why? Why did this happen? Maybe there's people here tonight that are saying, that's funny because I'm asking the same question. Why? Why is this happening? I, uh, after living for God for 35 years, I want to offer to you that there's a more accurate rendering of a response to things that happen in your life. And that is, what does this mean? Because everything in life, the writer is telling us here, 
that there is a time for every single event, even nothingness. There is a time when there's lots of activity, and then there is a time of repose, a time of nothingness. And the real human endeavor should be, instead of being reactive, please listen carefully, instead of living your life reactive, why? Why did they do this? Why did they say this? Why did this happen? You're way further down the road to assume the posture of what does this mean in the greater import of my life. Hallelujah. I want to add a verse to this that says there is a time to be blessed and there is a time for sacrifice. The Bible is replete with examples of favor and blessing. And brothers and sisters, a long time ago, I made up my mind, whatever I've got to do, I want to be blessed. Because in God, there really is no middle ground between blessing and cursing. See, oftentimes we can think that I'm, I'm really neither. I'm just, I'm in that middle ground. No, 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 no. You're either blessed or you're not blessed. <laughs> And I really believe that if you're, gonna, if you're going to understand really the dynamic of really what life is all about, that we are singularly on this little mud ball, that out of the billions and billions and billions of planets has been ordained by God to sustain life, that this is an eternal proving ground for some grand panoramic, panoramic plan that God has in store for his people. And I'm glad to be a part about that, of that. How about you? Hallelujah. I want to start in Genesis chapter 12, and verse number 1 is a familiar passage of Scripture. And if you would just listen carefully, we're going to start in verse number 1. You know the story, at least somewhat there may be a familiarity with this passage of Scripture. A man by the name of Abram is called out to venture into the unknown. I cannot emphasize enough this word unknown. Because that is what typifies your Christian experience. More than any other figure in the Old Testament, more than Moses, more than David, more than the prophets, more than anybody. The one Old Testament figure, more than Adam, more than anyone, that typifies the New Testament experience is that of Abraham. And this is the nucleus of Abraham's experience right here. In verse number one, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. He is being requested by God to leave everything that is familiar. And that was an incredible sacrifice because Abram being the firstborn of his father Terah was in line to receive the inheritance. Now, um, the Bible doesn't specifically say this, but according to ancient Jewish lore, Terah was a famous commercial trunk, commercial tradesman that had a trunk line on the backs of beasts of burdens that traveled from 
Egypt to Mesopotamia and Mesopotamia to Egypt and all points in between. And Abram was in line to inherit that from his father. But God is asking him to leave everything that is familiar unto a land that I will show thee. I'm not showing you right now. You're going to see it little by little. Verse number two, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. Everybody said bless thee. Blessing is attached to the mission, which means it is impossible, it is impossible to experience some of the blessings, the richest, deepest, most glorious blessings of God outside of the acceptance of mission. Like you will be blessed for obeying the gospel. You will be blessed by receiving the Holy Ghost. You will be blessed by cooperating with the Word of God, Spirit of God, man of God, people of God. But the real question is, what is the mission that God has for you personally? And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. This is my very first point in verse number two. Abram has no children. He's never been to this country. He is to go into the unknown. You, you can do that to go to the bathroom. It's all right. I'm getting to the age where I might need to go to the bathroom during the middle of a good message too. Just not tonight. Oh, Jesus, help this service already. And so already God is making grand statements about this journey into the unknown, this journey that is out of the familiar, out of the ordinary, out of mediocrity, if you please, into that which is extraordinary. And I will bless them that bless thee. I'm not only going to bless you. But I'm going to bless them that bless thee. People that are good to you, I'm going to be good to them. Like if you give a prophet a cup of water, you're going to get a prophet's reward. Why? Because you're honoring that which God honors. And I will curse him that curses thee. But God doesn't want to part on the cursing. There's enough of that in this world. In thee or through thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That's amazing. Blessed to be a blessing. know that when 
Abram finally got on location. He was in a land where he was a not nomadic because he was directed by God, but he was a sojourner. And I'll tell you how he got directed. He built an altar. When you are in the unknown, it is no time to pray less. In fact, it is impossible for you to journey successfully through the unknown without building an altar. That altar is not that altar is not a negative, that altar is a positive. There are two things that Abram dug in the wilderness. He dug an altar and he dug wells. One went up and one went down. And he obeyed. And all the world has been blessed in one way or another because of Father Abraham. God promised in Genesis chapter number 15 that his progeny, his, his children were going to come out with great substance. This is what God spoke to Abram in Genesis chapter 15. And also that nation whom they shall serve, talking about Egypt, will I judge and afterward shall they come out with great substance. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 36 reaffirms this in real time. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required and they spoiled the Egyptians. That was God honoring what he told Abraham in Genesis chapter number 15. And they came out of Egypt with great substance. Although they came out with great substance, the ghetto folks from Goshen, the people who were beaten, the people that were subjugated, the people that were slaves, the people that were made architectural edifices to the glory of Pharaoh, they built cities, they came out with great substance. They went from being dirt poor to being, according to Egypt, extremely wealthy. God had a purpose for that. Because in Exodus chapter number 25, after Pharaoh and his army had been destroyed, after making a way through the Red Sea where there was no way, after utterly destroying all of their enemies and bringing them out of Egypt on eagles' wings. God required something of them. And this is what the Word of God says. Exodus chapter 25, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering." I want to tell you why this is critical. Because these are people that never had anything. And God was checking their thanksgiving level. After all, there's no more taskmaster. There's no more 
brick without hay and straw. There's no more people reviling them, hating them because they were of Jewish lineage. They were people from the ghetto that are now going to inherit a land, cities they didn't construct, houses they didn't build, and a land that had been promised to Father Abraham. And so God said, I want you to take an offering, and of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. I don't want you just taking an offering because we're going to take an offering. I don't want to see any, I don't want any sour puss looks. Miles, did you bail out on me? That's okay. I love you. It's your birthday. You can do that. It's probably having all these people stare up. It probably gets on your nerves. I don't blame you. Had to be a special attitude. Because this offering was going to build a dwelling place. just for a church van. It's not just to reseal the parking lot. They don't even know what this offering's for. God's just saying, I brought them out. I've delivered them. I've fed them manna. No more Pharaoh. No more armies. No more enemies. None of that. Let's take an offering. Next verse, please. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them. Rubber and plastic and cardboard. Now, see, God doesn't want the stuff that you don't want. God wants the stuff everybody wants. Gold and silver and brass, verse number four, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair. Next verse. And ram skin, dyed red, and badger skins, and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones, stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God did not leave the offering to the opinion of his people. He said, I want the gold, the silver, the brass, all the best. Because it's for a dwelling place for me. However, they got to have the right attitude. they got to be willing. And the Word of God chronicles this incredible event. In Exodus chapter 35, verses 4 and 5, notice this very carefully. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commands, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. Verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of the Lord. Verse number 21. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred up 
and everyone whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all of his service and for his holy garments. Verse 22. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold, every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. Verse 29. And the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. Exodus 36 and 5. I'm almost done. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained. Wouldn't that be something to restrain people from giving? Usually they have to be restrained to give. Verse number 7. And the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. The nation of Israel comprehended, understood, and sacrificed. And this is probably one of the most preeminent examples of a people that had experienced a time to be blessed and a time to sacrifice. The Bible is real big on this proper spirit. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 takes that same principle and applies it into our spirits through the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. Almost almost a rendering from Exodus, the account in Exodus, almost verbatim. Let him so give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Praise God. Time to be blessed and a time to sacrifice. Hallelujah. If you were in our very first building 25 years ago, would you stand? Thank you. Sister Mayo, you can be seated. I've wanted to do that for a long time. 
Thank you, Sister Mayo. I would rebuke that, but... So much for a serious service. What do we have? Five people stand? I don't think Zach st stood. Did you stand? You stood? Good. Zach was there. Zach was there. He's helped build this church. Ari is off somewhere, but she helped too. We were in our first building, as you well know, if you've heard these stories, and it's important. Every, every culture that has ever survived has always said that one of the things about that particular culture is a remembrance. A strong sense of remembrance is frequently articulated to help people understand why that culture exists. And if they have direction, if they're fortunate enough to have direction where they're headed. We, when my wife and I first were buying chairs for that first building, we bought 25 chairs. And then I think we expanded that actually pretty quickly. But when we, when we moved from our first facility we were able to get out of the lease. The man was going to play hardball with us. But it was obvious that we needed to do something. And God touched him or talked to him or God moved somehow because we had an opportunity to get out of there without any type of financial repercussions. If I, if I confabulate a little bit, some of you that are your mind's a little bit sharper on the edges than mine. Please bear with me. I'm not trying to fabricate anything. It's just, it's been a long time. But I believe that we moved from that building with about 25 or 30 people. Somewhere in there. Maybe a few more than that. We moved out of that building. We started talking about moving once we had been into that building from eight to nine months. When I'd been in that building for eight months, I went full-time. And I want to tell you what, Job's turkey, Job's turkey ate better than we did. But God saw us through. And God was faithful. But it was the unknown. I had never been there before. I, had never, I never thought I was going to be a home missionary. I never in my wildest dream anticipated that God would call me to Spokane, Washington to do what he asked us to do. But that small group of people with a pastor that they had only known, some, I think, here tonight, 
Sister Sheila is probably our longest standing member, Brother uh, Ryan and Sister Nessa, outside of my children. We took up $5,000. We took up $5,000 because the building that we were moving into, and we were so excited, we were moving from 700 square feet to 3,000 square feet. And at the time, it was just a big open area. It had been a school of cosmetology where they taught men and women how to cut hair and bleach hair and Everything, everything you can think of took place right there. And, but it had, been, it had been completely stripped and emptied, but there was an open area. There needed to be a wall to be constructed. There needed to, the walls needed to be painted, needed carpet. And so with $5,000, we built a wall. I can still tell you the name of the people that some of them are not even saved tonight. Some of them, I don't know where they're at, but it was just in the history, the scrapbook of the history of Cornerstone. I don't know where they are. I hope, hope they're saved, but I know that there's some that aren't. Constructed a wall, painted it, carpeted it, bought a few more chairs, built a very crude platform where every time you stood in one place on that platform, it went, And sometimes we'd have evangelists that would discover that, and they would just, every time they got bored, they'd just go, that's because instead of using three-quarter CDX plywood, we use particle board. Don't ever use particle board in a Pentecostal church. You're going to end up tearing it up. But we moved into that building that was a real experience, man. We were, we were right next door to Planet Fitness. You know, before you get your physical workout, you can come get your spiritual workout. And my wife would play organ, and I'm telling you, we, we put sound panels on, on the glass. We didn't want people looking in and mocking at the Pentecostals. There was no windows in the sanctuary. So, but... I, few times I could I walked out front you could hear everything those those people must have thought I know that our neighbors we had uh, the Academy of Dance was on one side of us and she put up with an awful lot she was very easy to work with whenever we had a revival she would close shop a little earlier because she knew what was coming they're gonna be dancing but it ain't ballet Hallelujah. You can get delivered from that spirit. But we were there for a few years. How long were we there? Eight years? Five. Five years? Is that all? My wife is my second brain. I tried to figure out what Einstein meant by string theory, and my, my brain blew up. So now I'm using my wife's brain. We were in that building for five years, and I got a call from a real estate agent by the name of Gary McWilliams. He was kind of one of these, what is it about real estate agents? They're just kind of swashbucklers, just kind of, you know, kind of 
Today they're in this universe. They might be in a complete another universe selling to a bunch of aliens tomorrow. What is it with real estate agents? Just kind of caught up like Elijah, you know. Just he uh, He's the one that leased our very first facility to us. It was a 700-square-foot office suite, probably about the size of this platform or a little bit less, actually. And I'll never forget him shaking his head, looking at my wife and I. He says, man, I sure feel bad doing this to you and your wife. I said, why? He said, because I've done this to all kinds of churches, and they end up closing up, closing shop, and they just don't make it. And I feel so sorry. And I said, let's, let's just do the deal. So we were in our second building, and I got a call from him one day. He said, Pastor, he said, listen, this is Gary McWilliams. He said, nobody knows this. But there's a building about to go up for sale on Broadway. It is the Episcopalian Church, First Church of the Resurrection. He said, I think, I think we can get that church. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you need to get your financing stuff together. Our financing had always been, in, until this day, tonight, our financing is impeccable. Our financial records are impeccable for this church. And I've had bankers tell me such. And, um, but we didn't have a lot of money. In fact, we didn't hardly have any money. We were just, you know, we didn't have a very big group of people. What did we have at that time? 50, 60 people? We moved into the building on Broadway with about 60 people. And... Um, we began negotiations. I remember us going to USB Bank, and the banker looking at me says, well, do you guys have any money in the bank? And I'm kind of, <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, not really. And somebody co-signed for you. And I said, well, um, I don't know. We have some some." brothers in the church that are pretty, feel pretty strong about us moving forward. They like it. Everybody at the church, church, we took them over to the building on Broadway. We all walked through the building. Everybody loved it. Um, it was, it, I'm just going to tell you, it looked like a prison. It was all cinder block. It, it was, it was spooky. They had statues. If, if you, you couldn't walk through there at night. I don't care if, even if you got the Holy Ghost. They just, it was just, it was just scary. You know, you're waiting for a door to open. <laughs> Boris Karloff to walk out of the prayer room. It was spooky. But the church saw the potential of it. And I just felt like God was in this. Prayed. God made a way, the bank, and I'm telling you, it was a miracle from God. The bank said, the banker said, you know what? If you can get a few co-signers in the church, I think we can make this happen. So it was myself and two other brothers in the church became guarantors. We've never been asked to do that since. We will never have to do that again. We will never have to do that again. Those two brothers... One of them was Brother Wesley Stone. 
He's been he's been passed away for many years now. He was an older man. He was an elderly man, and he loved my wife and I, and he loved the direction of this church. He believed in us. He said, Pastor, I'll never forget this. He said, Pastor, he said, my wife and I were behind you. This guy had been in Pentecost for 50, 60 years, and he said, we believe in you, Pastor. So we signed, we all signed. But that was just to sustain, and the church had to come up with our part. We had to come up with 20% down, which is uh, pretty normal in a commercial setting. And so on a Sunday morning, we took pledges with that small group of people. And there were some people that didn't think we were going to make it. But we took up $75,000 in pledges in that group of people. And we got into that church on Broadway. We didn't just double. We didn't just triple. We quadrupled in that building. In fact, let's do this real quickly, real quickly. If you were in the second building on Sprague Avenue, would you stand real quick? Okay, you may be seated. Just for those that are suffering from short-term memory loss, if you were in the first building, please stand. You may be seated. If you were in the building on Sprague Avenue, please stand again. You may be seated. So all of you are here because of the sacrifices. I hope you're getting this. Because the greatest revival this cornerstone has ever seen is not even in this building tonight. If you were in the church on Broadway, would you please stand? You may be seated. If you were in the first building, I'm just kidding. Dude, my memory ain't that bad. I haven't smoked that stuff in years. Don't plan on ever smoking it again. I don't care if it is legal. So we took the $75,000. We secured a bank loan. And we had enough money left over. We were able to put sheetrock on the walls and get it textured and get it painted and put carpet. And it ended up being a, a gorgeous sanctuary. While we were on Broadway, we instituted, I got a biblical understanding of something that was used in the Word of God called the shekel of the sanctuary. And I presented that to this church. It was actually instituted on the Day of Atonement 
by the nation of Israel. Every single individual over 20 years of age gave an offering. And the Bible said that the rich will not give more and the, the poor will not give less. It's because God wanted his people to have equal representation in the temple. There's no big eyes, no little you. You may be a millionaire out there, but when it comes here, we're all God's children. And so it was an equal amount. And because of your faithful giving, I'm almost done. Please listen carefully. Because of your faithful giving, we paid off that loan in a record time. It blew the bank away. And because we were able to pay that church off, we were able to buy this one. So there's a whole lot of people that have joined this journey just as we've been in this building. See, there's a time to be blessed and then there's a time to sacrifice. That's what provides you and I with a balanced life. Without an opportunity to sacrifice, it's, in, it's impossible to understand reward and success and achievement in the kingdom of God. It's, 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 it's a principle of reciprocity. This is a principle that God established on the second day. It's the law of evaporation. Something has to go up before it can come down. And once it accumulates, it comes down as rain. It goes up through the evaporative cycle. It's stored in cloud banks and comes down as precious life-giving rain. The law of reciprocity. If you sow bountifully, it'll come back bountifully. I'm almost done. I promise, I promise, I promise. Out of the clear blue sky, and after years of praying, a week ago last Friday, I got a call from the president of the largest cabinet maker on the West Coast. Probably doesn't mean anything to you, except that we've, we've looked at that building over there for years. They said, are you guys interested in buying our building? See, if you don't understand like I do, I've been through this now three or four times. See, the blessing of the Lord is, is the opportunity to do it all over again on a bigger scale. You guys thought when you moved out of Sacramento you were done with that. No, 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 no. See, I believe that the greatest revival God's going to bring to this church is not even here yet. People you've never seen, people you've never met, people you never thought would darken the doorway of this church. God says, oh, yeah, 
like the rings of a tree. When you get to this level, I got a whole new group coming in. When you get to this level, I got a whole nother group coming in. When you get to this level, clap your hands and give him praise. See, between moving into this building and the next one, God's allowed you to be blessed. It's just an adjustment period. So last Friday, they asked for a meeting. I asked Brother Chris, my administrative assistant to be in that meeting as a set of eyes and set of ears. And four guys walked in. One of them is a renowned multi-multi-millionaire. He owns Huntwood Cabinets. They're all over the place. Canada, they're international. He said, Pastor, he said, we want to sell you our building. might not mean anything to you, except that I've been praying for that for years. And God put you in here to be a part of that. I know somebody wants to shout right now. Just go ahead. get nervous. We're not going to ask for money tonight. See, if we're not careful, we're going to have the spirit of the world. I want the most of the least. I want to be anonymous. I want to keep my name out of it. I want to go to heaven. I want to keep the whole thing. That spirit ought not be in the church of the living God. If you're looking at this like, I want the most for the least, that you're looking for a welfare line. I won't be like Abraham. I'm going to go where he tells me to go. I'm going to be blessed. I am blessed to be a blessing. Clap your hands and give God the praise. God will bless those that bless me, and they're going down that curse me. But through us, all the families of Spokane will be blessed. So I'm just going to give this to you because I'm about ready to wrap up. He basically, they basically gave us some options on a silver platter. Brother Chris and I were dumbfounded. It's like they wouldn't take no for an answer. They said, if you have trouble with the bank, we've got guys that will loan you the money. I ain't going to do that. I was born at night, not last night. I was born by a tree, not in a tree. You don't ever let the person you're buying from finance you. That's a no-no. I believe God is big enough. Why not? 
We're not leasing. We're not renting. Those days are over. We're not leasing. We're not ghetto folks from Goshen. We're riding this thing. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We're in front, not the back. All right, you may be seated. Sister Reed, what were you just doing while nobody was looking but me? No, the other stuff. Oh, there you go. Man, she's a cheerleader for Jesus. I can just see her with pom-poms, you know. All right, all right, all right. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. This is God. So in the days and weeks to come, I will keep you appraised of where we are. But at some point, at some point, we're going to have to step out. At some point. And if we will do our part with the right spirit and the right attitude, then God will dwell in it. And that which is little becomes much. That which is from the heart becomes a blessing to everybody. See, most people think that when you pay your tithes, the pastor pays for the church. If something happens to me, and it's going to happen, at some time you're going to say rest in peace. But this church, stay, this build, these buildings, these properties, they stay with the church. They don't go with me. My challenge and our challenge is to make sure that my successor, after me taking this thing into five buildings from absolute zero, if he does not have the right stuff, this will become a great plot. Because those testimonies are shore to shore. So it's got to be somebody that has their eyes on another world that believe that God can do anything. Now, our realtor for this building, he's like a mad scientist. He's got hair flopped out. He's like the nutty professor and a mad scientist all in one. I talked to him yesterday. He said, at $200 a square foot, your building is valued at $6 million. You're kidding. We only paid $1.9 for it. We only paid $1.9 for this building. But this is the realtor that called me up two days after our 25th anniversary and said, Pastor, did you know that the Washington State Legislature legislature just signed a bill that next year they're breaking ground on an overpass, a four-lane overpass that goes from Henry Road across the interstate and is going to land right here next to your building. And he said, I just talked to the mayor of Liberty Lake, and he said that the epicenter of Liberty Lake is no longer over on Country Vista Drive, but it's now right where your church is. So he and I hatched a plan to sell this building to the city of Liberty Lake. I don't care what they do in here. 
have their city council meeting, do whatever they want to do. We'll be over there. Our first phase will seat 1,000. Why not? Why not? See, if you sacrifice for the next one, every person that gets saved in that building, God says, mm -hmm, make, sure, make sure they get baptized. Make sure, put it by their name, put it by their name, put it by their name. The 500 that are added to it, God says, mm -hmm. those ones made this possible. They made that possible. They made that possible. They made that possible. God keeps infinitely good books. Infinitely good books. Have you noticed how that the building, well, let me just say this. When we buy that building, we also want to buy additional acreage. The mad scientist real estate agent that has one foot in another universe and one in this universe, he also is representing that property over there. So I'm already negotiating three acres right on the east side of that building for expansion. What expansion? Have you noticed how that that building has an angular roof line right across the street? Anybody seen that? That's because a man by the name of Mark Rippon in 1999, he has a ring that proves that he was in the Super Bowl. He retired here. He wanted to actually build a sport complex there. That used to be an ice rink. And the second building that was supposed to go in over there was going to have a, a circle for track and field. He wanted it to be an entire sport complex. So what we're going to do, Sister Reed, is we're going to buy a steel building and complete that angle. So it's like this. And we're going to add another 25,000 square feet. That's going to be your new Sunday school. The back half of that building is going to be all wide open so that after we have fantastic Holy Ghost Church, we invite 800 people to come in there and we're going to feed them all. And the reason how we're going to get them, one Sunday a month, we're going to read the menu. And instead of inviting them for a free latte, Brother David, you're going to be saying, <clears throat> fresh greens with diced onions, red onions, with a carefully prepared Caesar salad with croton, special chicken Alfredo, and honey, it's in the book of Acts. You're going to double overnight when you sit at a table and break bread and talk about the goodness of God. Somebody clap your hands and give God. We are blessed to be a blessing. God's allowed us to be blessed, and it's time for a sacrifice. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Let's stand to our feet and give him all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Somebody shout. We're not going down, we're going up. We're not going out, we're going in. 
We're not going to get smaller. We're going to get larger. We're going to lengthen the cords of our tent and the light of the Gentiles. All right. All right. Just remain standing. Sister Mayo, you may come to the piano. I knew something was about to happen because I was in my office about a week ago. And in the space of a week, we had hate messages. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I can't explain all this. I'm not going to try. I'm not even going to embellish this. But I will just tell you this. There are certain people that when they appear in my life, I know it's the devil. And he's withstanding me at the deepest level. I was in my office, and I told Sister Natasha, I said, you better go back and check the answering machine because somebody lit that thing up on fire. And it was a crazy person. There's crazy people. And they surface when something good's about to happen. But see, that is a distraction. No, you got to train yourself that when you walk in the Holy Ghost, devil, you ain't, you ain't robbing me of this. You ain't going to psych me out on this. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse you. And in thee, let's clap our hands and give him praise. You and I are a part of something that's from another world. That's not a history book. That's a road map. God is alive and well, and he's operating in this world. All right, now Sunday is going to be a phenomenal service. Brother Claiborne's going to preach. People are going to get the Holy Ghost. People are going to get baptized. We're going to have a great time. Be inviting people out. God is on the move. Let's clap our hands and give him praise one more time in Jesus' name. Jesus, we've come to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. God, I pray you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on every family so they can understand the exhilaration of sacrifice. Shake hands, be friendly. God bless you all. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.